Hello and welcome to the Success Secret Podcast with Rosso Santalev. I am excited to introduce you to a series of conversations with some of the most successful and inspiring individuals from various industries. My aim is to dive into the stories behind their success and explore the knowledge, strategies, habits, mindsets, and wisdom that have propelled their success. Each episode of the Success Secret Podcast will feature a different guest who will share their unique journey, the challenges they faced, and the lessons they have learned along the way. I will also be covering topics from entrepreneurship and innovation to leadership and personal development. Whether you are an inspiring entrepreneur, a seasoned business professional, or just someone looking to improve your life, the Success Secret Podcast is for you. My goal is to bring you valuable insights and inspiration that will help you achieve your own success in business and life. So get ready to learn and be inspired. The Success Secret Podcast starts now. If you had the chance to listen to the previous episode of the Success Grid podcast, I have announced that I am working on something amazing that is coming your way. So I have to announce that the Tell and Profit Summit is live and going. So if you want to discover more business and income growth strategies that will change your business and your life, join me and 40 other influential entrepreneurs that are going to help you make your business grow and even scale. So these industry experts are here to share their trade secrets and teach you how to earn more money and help you unlock your hidden potential for your business growth. Go and grab your free summit ticket now. Go to tellandprofit.com and join us for free for five days. If you are an established entrepreneurial business owner or you just started your business, this is an event that you don't want to miss. Go to tellandprofit.com. In this episode of the Success Secret Podcast, I have with me Elizabeth Mikotowicz. She shares her story and adversities that she had to overcome with drugs, trauma, and in prison. After everything she had gone through, she is thriving with her new clothing line. Elizabeth wants to help people from all walks of life do the same and change their lives for the better. Elizabeth, welcome to the Success Secret Podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. So I want you, first of all, you went a lot in your life. You basically transformed your life because this is the Success Secret Podcast. So what does success mean to you and what do you think or see or hear people assume success is? You know, I think a lot of people assume success is having all kinds of money and possessions. But, you know, for me, it's really finding peace and you know, having joy in my life and, you know, being stable and, you know, having my family, you know, happy, healthy, like that, that's success to me, you know, and if I can help anybody along the way, you know, that, that, that's success to me too. Awesome. So it is about the, your, yourself and the people around you and being involved, like kind of uh, in a community or something like that, like, because as humans, we can't live <laughs> alone, basically, right? So, I, yeah, so I want to get a little bit into your story now. So what happened in your life? Why did you have these issues? Why did you go to prison? And were there like some kind of influence? Because in general, we are, as humans also, we get influenced by other people in a negative way and in a positive way. So apparently, maybe in general, as what people see, that you've been have influenced by in a negative way. So can you explain and expand on this? So um, I was adopted from birth and I had a really great 
upbringing. You know, there was a lot of love. I was never exposed to violence or trauma or drugs or anything like that. You know, there was a messy divorce, but you know, that's, if that, that wasn't, you know, I wouldn't call that traumatic. Um, but when I got out on my own and I started, you know, dating, I ended up, you know, dating these really abusive men. And, um, my, my, I was 15 when I met my daughter's father and he was 23. Like I didn't realize I was being victimized at the time, but you know, now that I'm older and I've worked through everything like that, that wasn't, that was wrong. And he would feed me, he'd feed me alcohol and, you know, stuff when I was underage. But when I got with my son's father, um, he assaulted me so bad that my skull was showing he hit me with a wooden dowel. And, um, when I went to the hospital, you know, for this injury, I found out I was pregnant and they had to sew the muscle back before they even sewed the skin back. And, um, it was really high risk for infection. Um, they told me if I it got infected, I could lose my eye, you know, I could go into a coma because it was so close to my brain. And, um, they gave me opioids and told me I had to go to the pain clinic and, you know, I was like, well, I'm pregnant and, you know, I don't want to get addicted. So I tried to refuse. And when I tried to refuse, they told me that it would result in a call to child protective services, you know, because I was in so much pain that my blood pressures kept skyrocketing. Well, you know, all opioids do is make the pain receptors in your brain more sensitive. So when you come down, you're in twice the amount of pain. And the other thing was I was, I started having seizures as a result to this head injury. And my daughter was 14 months old running around and I was waking up on the ground, not knowing how long I was out for. So, I mean, I really had to face the fact that she was no longer safe with me and there was nothing I could do about it. So she started staying with my father um, and the abuse got worse. I mean, this man would trap me in the bathroom and torture me for hours to the point where I'd beg him to kill me, you know, just get it over with. He strangled me um, to the point my windpipe collapsed in on itself. And it was like, it, I would have go through these fits where it would just close and I would have to chug water to keep my, um, my windpipe open and you know it'd get to the point where i'd throw up because i have drank so much water but it was the only way i could breathe and you know the doctor is like well you know imagine you have a plastic tube and if you bend it you know that crease is always there so you can make it you know be straight again but it still has that weak crease that's what's happening with your windpipe and it just has to work itself out um so eventually I went to the battered women's shelter in Bangor, Maine called Spruce Run. And at first they called me a liar. They said, well, most women come in here and they're crying and upset. And I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I didn't cry on cue. Um, I was like in shell shock. And so they had two beds open. So I went and I got my hospital records and I went and I got the police that brought me to the hospital, you know, that last final showdown, you know, when he came after me with a shotgun and, you know, it was a big, big mess. Um, and they did a complete 180 and they said, well, um, 
after talking with the police and going over your records, um, your injuries are so extensive that we think it will put the other women in the shelter in danger. Mm. So they turned me away. Um, the girl that got one of the beds, the guy didn't even hit her. He kicked her car and she had gotten evicted for partying too much. She was in the same uh, public housing complex as me. And she's like, yep, I'm getting a voucher. I'm, I'm getting to go to the shelter and all my problems are over. I'm like, yeah, good for you. You didn't even get beat up. Like you cheated on the guy and you chased him out of the house. And instead of hitting you, he kicked your car. I'm, I'm so happy for you. Yeah. Um, cool. So, um, so, so for that, now, now, how, how all of this did impact your mental health? Because, like, did did oh, you did you think that there is something more in life that I should be able to do or more for other people or for myself, whether to at, because you started your business now. So when you look at this now, how do you look at it? The the transformation that came in along, and what is the let's say the time frame that happened in. Um, I was like 21. I was around 21 when this whole thing happened. Um, yeah, I never thought I'd be having my own clothing brand and changing laws and, you know, doing that kind of stuff and actually doing something that helped people. You know, I had my, my mental health completely depleted. Like I didn't realize I never had a conscious thought of hurting him, but I started having dreams about killing him. And that was really, you know, and it, it made me cold. It made me hard. Um, the next guy that tried to put his hands on me, he went to the hospital. Um, I finally snapped and started fighting back. Um, and yeah, I would completely go off the deep end and, uh, drug dealers protected me. They gave me places to hide. They, you know, I was desperate. I was scared. You know, I didn't know what to do. I had exhausted all other options, you know, to try and get help. And once I, I made a deal with my father that if, um, Spruce Run wouldn't help me that I would sign my kids over, you know, temporary guardianship, because if he showed up with the cops, then my dad would have to hand my children over. Mm. And I didn't want to go through that. And since I wasn't physically capable of being a safe caregiver at the time, it made sense. But the thing is, once I did that, I lost my health insurance. Mm. So now I couldn't get any of the medications I needed. I was self-medicating on the street and, you know, I was just trying to survive. And because I was so hardened and traumatized, I did really well in the streets and I would move up the chain, you know, with these very dangerous people. And, you know, eventually I caught charges, um, in 2011. Um, and then in 2013, the feds picked up the same situation. So I literally went to jail for the same drugs twice. I mean, welcome to America, right? You think you serve your time and you're just screwed basically. Um, and I, when I went to jail, I got to see all of the horrible, you know, systemic racism that, you know, and really have to face the fact that I was under this illusion of white supremacy my whole life. Like I thought prejudice and racism was over. Like obviously there were a couple bad apples, but it wasn't like this whole systematic thing that was oppressing people. And, you know, my first week at Somerset County um, in Maine, I witnessed an entire pod of women get stripped because they signed up for a razor and a male sergeant wanted a list of who shaved their vaginas and who didn't. And this is just the PG stuff that goes on. Um, I mean, it's really, it's really quite 
disgusting. Um, I, I watch women die. You know, did you know doctors with um, that, that have malpractice suits and have lost their medical license can go work at a prison and, you know, just treat prisoners? That's why so many people are dying in prison. People like to say, oh, they get free health care and blah, 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 blah. No, you don't. You're getting a doctor who has been, who's had his medical license revoked. And, you know, they, it's not just the prisons. They're allowed to go on native reservations and work in native, you know, clinics. Mm. You know, it's the populations that are considered, you know, trash or were thrown away. And it's, it's not right. You know, people, people die in prison of very treatable things. I've watched minor surgeries happen of inmates trying to doctor themselves up because they cannot get medical care. Mm. You know, they'll, then they'll charge you $5 for a Band-Aid. You know, they tell you to, oh, drink water. I mean, one girl broke her foot shoveling. That was her job to shovel snow. And she broke her foot slipping on the ice. By the time they brought her to the hospital, the bone had refused back together and they had to re-break her leg. Um, you know, the, the food comes in boxes that say not for human consumption. Um, you know, I did, I, I did everything I could to like change myself and, you know, do better while I was in there. But you have to understand that environment is traumatic no matter what. Yeah. So now this, all, uh, all these things that happened to you, what did you to, let's say, going and saying to yourself that I want to start a business? How did that happen? Well, it was over the pandemic. Um, I wanted to do something with my art. And, um, you know, I in prison, I, I painted murals. Um, I got paid $57 a month. It was one of the highest paying jobs. And um, I had a side hustle where I would paint uh, coffee mugs for inmates and I do portraits and stuff. And um, when I got out, I did a couple of art shows um, in the community during Addiction Awareness Month. Um, and then I found this company called Le Galeriste um, in Canada, where they take your art and turn it into this beautiful feminine, you know, women's clothing line. Mm, cool. And so actually, I have, I have some stuff to show you. So this is one of the bags. And everything's environmentally friendly. Cool. And um, it comes Artistic in plus designs. sizes too. Yes, I paint all the designs. And they, I mean, there's dresses, there's pants, there's shirts. And I'm, I'm kind of a weirdo. So like one day I'll be like super gothic and like kind of like dark femme. Like this is one of my, you know, darker pieces, you know, a lot of black and red. And then the next day it'll be like flowers and butterflies. So, I mean, there's really something for everybody on here. And <laughs> One of the things that I'm so happy about is it's sized properly. You know, in America, we have skinniness and beauty just shoved down our throats as women. We, you know, we're told we're only as valuable as we are skinny and pretty. And, you know, a lot of these clothing brands, they size their clothes really small. So like we, you know, I remember when I was a teenager, I'd go and I'd get my regular size that should fit me, but a brand would make it way smaller. And then I would feel really bad about myself. This brand doesn't do that. You know, I, you know, I ordered a small and it was actually a little bit big on me. So I was really happy about that. Like I've never dealt with body dysmorphia issues, but I've had other mental health issues. So mm. I would never want to, you know, contribute to that. This is a placemat. And, you know, this all, all the paintings are on different, like they're, they're on dresses, pants, shirts. So you can mix and match and, um, you know, 
you could have a whole outfit with you know one painting so why did you decide to go like for example with clothing why not for example just be an artist why did you think that clothing is a good option with these kind of uh, uh, let's say designs on them well you know in prison when i would do someone's cup you know it was kind of like giving them a piece of their identity back and it you know it was empowering to them you know they could pick out what they wanted and you know i just i want to uplift you know women or you know anybody that identifies with the divine feminine i don't I'm not trying to exclude anybody in genders or anything um i i welcome everybody um but you know i I, I want to make women feel confident and beautiful. And, you know, I love clothes. I love, you know, fashion. And so when I saw that, it really just kind of like made sense. And I thought it would just be a good way to get, you know, my art out there that was, you know, a bit different. Yeah, like this is this is a headband and this is um, a scowl and this they're, they're the same painting. So you can, like I said, you can literally get a whole bunch of items and have like a whole outfit that matches. So now, for example, in your business, what drives you to keep going and what is the most moving part in the business? Like, is it, do you run it yourself or do you have a team running, running it with you? No, it's, um, it's all me. I, um, well, the galleries, they have their own team. I just paint the painting and then I pick out what, what clothing I want to put it on. So like, I'll pick out some dresses and some bags and some placemats, and then I'll send it to them and then they'll put it on the, the items and then I'll put it on my website. Cool. So now, for example, now in this, in this business that you are doing, did you have some kind of a mentor or guidance or did you just like, as they say, wing it? Because we know that businesses and especially clothing lines or businesses, like it's basically a tough competition. It's not easy to build a clothing business or a clothing brand. You are basically competing with everyone in the world, yeah. with, the big, with the big boys, I guess. So how do you differentiate yourself also from even if you have great design like this who how do you look at things how do you differentiate yourself well um you know it's it's the kind of the story behind you know the clothes like i i painted all these during my healing journey and mm -hmm. you know i think america has this you know interest or you know people are interested in prisons like it's kind of this like alluring thing where people don't really know what's going on so you know they want to know and we're, we're all living in this dystopian nightmare together and you know i think someone that goes from prison to you know having you know their clothing brand you know selling in stores and changing laws and calling the corruption and abuse out you know i think that i think that brings people in um, also, uh, vocational rehab, um, if for anybody out there, if you're like me, who's, you know, struggled in life, whether you have a disability, whether you've been to prison, addiction, domestic violence, there's something called vocational rehab. And yeah, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't even know how to make a business plan. Um, but there's vocational rehab where you can sign up and you'll do like an hour and a half interview where they, you know, uh, ask you all these questions and see how, how, um, what you qualify for. Um, they got me a business advisor. They got me financial advisor. Um, 
they helped me make a business plan and then they helped me um, get a $10,000 grant. Like I didn't know how to write to these people. I didn't know what I was doing. Um, and yeah, I was winging it, but I wasn't, you know, really getting anywhere. And I ended up getting this $10,000 grant. I'm like, Oh my God, I've never gotten this much money legally before. <laughs> and so, yeah, I mean, if anybody out there, if you're struggling and you want to do something, you know, whether it's just employment or getting back into school, you know, vocational rehab will help you with this. Mm, cool. So now for me, as I see, like, it's kind of this business that you are doing now, it's kind of like your purpose, right? You, like you, you, you have this business for yourself. And at the same time, you are serving people with this, with this clothing, with this clothing line with these designs because they are eccentric, some unusual like designs, not not everywhere you can find kind of these things, right? So do you think that a human being, any one of us can only have one purpose in life or do you think that we can have multiple purpose or multiple passions to pursue and do uh, and go after? I think you can have as many passions as you can handle. You know, I've, I was never into politics, um, but with everything happening, you know, and everything I've seen, I just couldn't stay silent anymore. And I started showing up at democratic meetings and being like, this is where you guys are screwing up. And, you know, I would call out the systemic oppression that I'd witnessed. Like, I remember sitting in prison and watching Paul LePage, the former Maine governor, get on TV and be like, black thugs from the hood come up to Maine and impregnate our white women and flood our streets with drugs. And I'm sitting there like, you know what? I was a drug dealer in Maine and I participated in bringing these drugs up. And you mean to tell me that these inner city kids who are more likely to join a gang or go to jail or get killed then graduate high school. No, they can come all the way up here and quadruple their money. Like, it's not even believable. Like, it's the same thing in Texas. It's white people in Maine, mostly um, police informants, going down and getting these people and bringing them up with their drugs and getting them jammed up. Like, it's total systemic, you know, oppression because once they cross state lines, it's a much bigger charge. The mm. feds are getting involved, yeah. you know, and it's the same thing in Texas. They're like, oh, the cartel, you know, loading up these refugees with drugs. No, 86% of the bust going across the border are Americans that are bringing these drugs over. So stop gaslighting these communities and blaming them for something that's not their fault when they need help. <laughs> and, um, you know, like in... So, so now, for example, what, what advice would you give, let's say, younger people in general or anyone who wants to, let's say, start a business and think that they are not in a good place, whether mentally or financial-wise, or think that they maybe need some kind of money to start their business? So how would you advise them? How would you say to them how to look at things on a positive side in life? You know... Um... When I first started uh, writing up proposals for bills that I thought needed to be passed, I, you know, I was like, why would they listen to me? I'm, you know, a recovering drug addict, felon, you know, slash drug dealer or retired drug dealer. Like, why would they listen to me? And then, you know, I changed my thinking. Well, why wouldn't they listen to me? I'm their failed statistic. I've seen what's exactly wrong and what needs to be fixed. 
So, you know, just don't give up. Like you have to, you, you have to have a positive mindset and you have to believe in yourself and you have to get up and do something about it. You can't just sit here and think about it. You, you have to actually do something about it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot, uh, you know, there's a lot of grants out there. There's a lot of, you know, there, there is help out there. I mean, if you can get investors, that's great. Um, but you know, I just, you know, try and figure out what you need to do to get this dream of yours, you know, up off the ground. Mm. So, so do you think that basically dreams can come true if you do the work and like hustle and actually keep going and be consistent because consistency is very important because a lot of people whether in life in general or in business they try for a month two maybe six months and they quit so you have to be consistent to achieve what you are going to achieve right yes no one is going to get up and do it for you like i went around to all of the stores in bangor myself and i was like look this is my brand like i think it would go really well in your store you know and and that's how i got into a couple stores up in maine Mm. you know i didn't sit on it and i didn't you know i i didn't focus on the fact of who i used to be yeah that's that's very important like if you do want to if any human being wants to change something in their life, they have got to like get out of this zone, right? And try to step up their skills, start, try to step up their outlook on the world and chase their dreams. And it will happen for them with time. If Because eventually everything needs time. Nothing can happen uh, overnight, right? Right. So, Elizabeth, where can people get in touch with you if they want to learn more about you, your story, and your website for your business? So, um, my social media handles are all the same. I'm on TikTok, Twitter. I never go on Twitter. Uh, so, you probably should just stick with Instagram or TikTok. Um, it's EPM underscore art underscore 1111. And um, I do portraits. I do, you know, I, I still do paintings. If, if you guys want something, you know, personally done, I do pet portraits, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and my clothing website is www.legalleries.com slash en slash Elizabeth dot Okay, awesome. Well, thank you, Elizabeth, for being here today with me on this episode of the Success Secret Podcast, sharing your story, how you went through life, and how you transformed basically what you wanted to achieve and what you basically dreamed about into a clothing business line now. And hopefully, also, I wish you all the best and also all the success, and hopefully, will be uh, all over the world in the globe. Uh, yeah. I hope. <laughs> 